Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Christ and his coming. And as we see how he responded to some religious people tonight, we want to be sensitive to how your spirit would desire to minister to us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Going to look at a passage from John chapter 8. As we think about the Gospel of John, the overall theme of John's Gospel is Jesus is the Son of God. The purpose, according to John 20, is so that people might believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, they might have life. The structure of John, as I understand it, is kind of like having a picture and a frame. The frame is found in John 1, 1 through 18, and John 20, and verse 1 through chapter 21 and verse 25. And the frame is Christ as deity. And then between that, in John 1.19 through chapter 19 and verse 42, there's just one thing after another showing that Jesus is deity, who he claimed to be. Tonight we want to look at John 8, beginning with third, verse 31. Jesus is responding to some quote-unquote religious people. John 8, begin reading with verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing, you are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. <coughs> Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, 
you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not demon-possessed, or possessed by demons, said Jesus, but honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. At this, the Jews exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Now, as we look at this passage, the hearers or the people that are interacting with Jesus are Jews who have believed in Christ. According to chapter 8, verses 12 through 30. But notice particularly in verse 27, they did not understand he was telling them about his father, So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be. And I do nothing on my own but speak what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. And then verse 31, to the Jews who had believed in him. Speaking to Jewish people who had believed in him in some manner. So we're dealing with Jewish people, we're dealing with religious people. And as you read, or as we discuss the text, you will find that several words stand out. Truth is used quite often. Slave, free, and father. Jesus talks about the truth. He says to these Jews that they are slaves. They're not free because they belong to their father, the devil. And he belongs to his father, God. Now in verses 31 through 33, he's speaking to the Jews who have believed in him. That's his audience to the Jews who have believed in him. Notice what he says. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. 
if you hold to my teaching. Speaking to religious people, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then he says, then you will know the truth. That is, if they hold to his teaching, and the truth will set you free. What does it mean to be free? In the text, it means you're not a slave. So they were slaves to something. And he says, the truth will set you free. The age-old question, what is truth? In light of the text of the Gospel of John, what is truth? In light of the text of the, the Gospel of John, what is truth? Okay, the text of John, Jesus is the truth. In John 1 and verse 17, Jesus mentions that. In John 14, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you really hold to my teaching, you will really, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth. Jesus is truth, and the truth will set you free. So they're bound in some way, and Jesus says you can be free. Now he's speaking to religious people who have believed in him. Keep that in mind. They answered him in verse 33, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we are, shall be set free? They didn't understand their slavery. They didn't understand their bondage. So in verses 34 through 38, Jesus really levels with them. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now notice what he says, if the son sets you free, who's the son? Okay, Jesus, if the Son sets you free, so if the Son was going to set them free, what is he saying about them? They're not free. They're slaves. Now he's speaking to religious people who had ever already believed in some things that he said. A slave has no permanent place in the family. A son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. Hey, Jews, you don't have any room for my word. If you don't have any room for my word, if you don't have any room for me, you're slaves. Speaking to religious people. Levels with them. You're ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence. And you do what you've heard from your Father. I'm talking about what I've seen in my Father's presence. 
And he begins to imply, you do what you heard from your father. So apparently they have a different father than he does. 39 through 41, remember the audience again. Abraham is our father, they answered. And Jesus again levels. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me, a man who has told the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the things your own father does. Again, you have a different father. You're doing what your father wants you to do. What do religious people do? They get backed into a corner. They get defensive. We're not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. I'm not sure they said, we're not illegitimate children. I'm sure it was more like, we're not illegitimate children. You know, they're getting a little hot. But again, he's talking to religious people who have believed in him. Verse 42, Jesus really levels with them. If you, or if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. You can't love God and not love me, Jesus. If you love God, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I'm not coming my own. But he, my father, sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? He answers, because you're not able to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and want to carry out your father's desires. Now that's heavy-duty language. You belong to your father, the devil, and want to carry out your father's desires. Here are religious people, religious background, and Jesus says, you belong to your father, the devil. <coughs> he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar, the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God, here's what God says. So who's speaking in the text? Who's speaking in the text? God. Because Jesus was sent by God. He who belongs to God hears what God says. 
Listen, you Jewish people. If you really believe in God, then you'll hear what I say because I came from God. God is my Father. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. They didn't belong to God. They claim worship of God. They were religious people. But Jesus says the reason you don't hear is that you do not belong to God. Again, he's talking to religious people who had a religious background. And he levels very clearly with them. So what do you do when you're backed into a corner? The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan? The Jews did not like the Samaritans. You know, that's really, you're a Samaritan. You know, you're, you're no good. Samaritan, half Jew, half Gentile, and so on. Not only are you a Samaritan, you're demon-possessed. Now, that's really heavy-duty language. Here's religious people calling the Son of God the truth demon-possessed. So Jesus comes right back. I'm not possessed by demon, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. Now, if I honor my Father and you dishonor me, He's saying, you're dishonoring God because I'm sent from God. I'm not seeking glory from myself. But there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Again, where's the focal point? If you keep my word, Jesus says, he will never see death. Why? Because he is the truth. He's speaking to religious people. At this, the Jews exclaimed, Now we know that you're demon-possessed. Now remember, Jesus is one of a kind. No one has ever come before like Christ. He's the truth. The Jews just couldn't fathom that he was who he said to, or he claimed to be. They go on, Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? No, a fair question. So Jesus responds, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. Though you do not know him, I know him. Now he's talking to religious people. 
And he says to them, though you don't know God, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. Now he's really laying it on heavy. Now he's, you know, saying, you're liars. You claim to know God, but yet you don't follow me, so you're lying. And if I said I didn't know God, I'd be a liar like you. I do know God. He's my father. He sent me. I do know him and keep his word. And then he just drives it even deeper. They valued Abraham a great deal. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Now here's Jesus, a young man, saying that Abraham, who lived hundreds of years earlier, rejoiced to see my day. You know, that's kind of hard to fathom. So the response, you're not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Hey, Jesus, you're a young dude, for Baker paraphrase. You're not even 50 years old and you've seen Je- or, uh, Abraham rejoice to see your day? Now notice he says, I tell you the truth. How many times has Jesus talked about truth? Quite often. I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. When Jesus said before Abraham was born, I am, they grasp finally that Jesus is claiming to be God. He's been telling them that. They didn't get it. When else is I am used in Scripture? With Moses, you know. Moses said, who shall I tell the people who sent me? And I am that I am. They grasp it. So what did they do? Because they're of their father, the devil... They picked up stones to stone him. They're of their father, the devil. What are they going to do? They're going to follow him. They're going to stone the one who is truth, the one who is the son of God, the one who is deity in the flesh, the one who is telling them the truth. But Jesus hid himself. I want to emphasize again that Jesus is speaking to religious people people, speaking to Jewish people who had a religious background, who had believed in him, at least some of the things he said, but had not responded to him as a person and who he was. It's interesting that Jesus goes to the heart. He just leads them along to help them see that they're in slavery, but they didn't grasp they were in slavery. He leads them along to see that God is not their father, but they didn't really grasp that. But he leads them along. He goes to the heart. You're slaves. Oh, we're not slaves. By the time you get to the end of the passage, it becomes very obvious that they're slaves. Why else would they stone, pick up stones to stone Jesus if they weren't slaves? If they were free, they would follow him. He addresses slavery 
by mentioning free. A number of times Jesus talks about being free. He tells them directly they have no room for his word. Why don't they have room for his word? Because they're slaves. Their father is the devil. And Jesus really goes to the heart by telling them who their father was. They claimed God was their father, Abraham. They knew. And Jesus says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. As we go through life, we're going to come across people who are religious, may claim Christ, may claim a relationship with God. And we cannot respond as Jesus did because we are not the truth. We're not the Son of God, and so on. But I think there's a few things we can glean from this text as we are talking to people who may be religious, who may claim faith, but yet they're not following the truth, Jesus. They're not living out his word. So a couple thoughts as it relates to that. Don't be afraid to be somewhat controversial with religious people. Are they holding to the teaching of Jesus? Are they free or in slavery? A number of years ago, I was talking to a religious person. And because the person was fairly knowledgeable of their beliefs, I thought, well, you know, I may as well jump in here. (laughs) So they shared some of what they believed. And I said, well, if you believe this, and Scripture says this, how do you put the two together? Well, then they went on to share some other things that they believed. Well, I said, if you believe that, and Scripture says this, how do you put the two together? You know, the burden of proof lies on you. You claim to be walking with God, but yet you believe this, but Scripture says this. And they said, well, I believe this. And I said, well, if you believe, this is a third thing they said. I said, if you believe that, what do you do with this Scripture which says this? The burden of proof rests on you. We got talking further, and they said, well, I believe this. And I said, well, if you believe that, what do you do with this scripture? The burden of proof rests on you. To put it mildly, that drove them crazy. Because of the nature of the person, they couldn't stand to have that contradiction. They eventually came to faith in Christ. But if I, and the Spirit of God had to work, I understand that. But if I had not challenged their thinking, they would have continued on. Now here, Jesus challenged the people, or challenged the thinking of the Jews, 
And they didn't come to faith in him, but they knew where they stood by the time the encounter is over. Some people will not come to faith, and they may go the other way. But at least they're challenged. Religious people who do not see themselves as lost, not convicted by the Holy Spirit, will make excuses, get defensive, and so on. They're showing their slavery. Ruth Ann and I were dating, and this is in a little different area than salvation, but we were dating, and I grew up as Mennonite. I believed you could lose your salvation and didn't believe in baptism by immersion, and Ruth Ann was one of those heathen people that believed in security of the believer, and you had to be immersed. And I could be pretty blunt in my younger years. I guess I still can be at times, maybe. But one night we were talking, and I said, Ruth Ann, if we ever get married, I'm either going to become a Baptist or you're going to become a Mennonite or we don't get married, and I'm not becoming a Baptist. I would go to church with her at her church sometimes. And to this day, I'll have to ask him sometime if I see him before he passes away. To this day, every time I went to church, the pastor somehow or the other got on baptism and the security of the believer. And every time he got on that, I dug my heels in further. So Ruth Ann said, let's go talk to my pastor about you know, baptism and the security of the believer. I said, sure, I'll go, but I want you to know beforehand that he will not convince me. So we went and we talked to the pastor, and I came away more convinced that I was right. Because I wasn't willing to go to the truth. No one ever did convince me. Scripture. Just reading scripture brought me around. You know, this is what scripture says about my sin. This is what scripture says about Christ. This is what scripture says about what Christ did. And I realized if I could do something to lose my salvation, I had to do something to get it. You know, and there's all kinds of implications there. But I got very defensive. Ruth Ann would cry herself to sleep sometimes because I want Dan, but he... He's not going to marry me unless I become a Mennonite. He won't become a Baptist and, you know, all kinds of complications. Don't be surprised if some people get defensive. They may be showing their slavery. Share the gospel requirements with people. Be very frank. We're making disciples not getting people to heaven. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You would think if these people believed in him, wouldn't he say, come along, you know, let's go on. He knew their heart. He knew they were slaves. So he helps them to come to that conclusion. You know, sometimes we talk to religious people, maybe we need to challenge where they are. And lovingly say, if you really love Jesus, then you'll keep his word. 
but you're not keeping it. So you must not love him. Let's look at John chapter 8 and see what Jesus says. Do not be too quick to invite people to trust Christ as Savior. Be sure they know the conditions of the call and their own slavery. If you really, or if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Jesus continues to interact with them, and it finally comes out they're slaves because they're picking up stones to stone the truth. Jesus says, I'm just telling you, if you hold to my teaching, you'll really be my disciples. Then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Lovingly, maybe we need to confront religious people. Maybe professing believers, maybe Catholics, might be a Methodist, might be a Baptist, with the reality of their slavery to self, to works, whatever it may be. Often they don't do what Christ does, nor do they love. I believe that there are professing believers today who are slaves, not to Christ. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and want to carry out your father's desires. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. I ask with deep sincerity. If someone professes Christ, but is not following Christ and what he says, then maybe lovingly we need to confront them. Jesus could have left these people continue thinking they were free. But he didn't. People who are convicted by the Holy Spirit and not willing to respond many times tend to get defensive. I'm not sure if these people were convicted. They were obviously confronted by the truth, Jesus. But many times, people I phrased that wrong, who are not convicted by the Holy Spirit will get defensive. If they're convicted by the Spirit, then there's a responsiveness. See, when the Spirit is not convicting, then we're not willing, our person's not willing to up that they're in slavery to sin. Religious people who don't hear or listen to Christ or Scripture, may not belong to Christ. I mentioned a fellow that I had talked to a number of years ago. If I would have listened to what he said and not challenged him with Scripture, with Christ and the claims of Christ, he would have continued to believe he was a child of God. 
The Spirit had to do the work. I understand that. I didn't. I was merely willing to be used. Will you say, I'm afraid to talk to someone like that? <coughs> Let the Spirit work through you. Religious people in slavery. tend to become defensive and make accusations. I made some pretty strong accusations about God and Scripture until I was willing to take what the truth said, what Jesus said, what Scripture said. As we talk to those who may have made a profession of faith sometime in the past, but are not walking with God in the present, I think we should lovingly challenge them. For example, I'm just listing some scriptures, Hebrews 10, 2 Peter 1, 1 John 2, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John 2, 3 through 6, 1 John 2, 15 through 17, 1 John 3, 4 through 10. We tend to accept their claim without a challenge. And the reason I would say challenge them if they're not really living by what God says. Let's correctly conclude where they are spiritually and then respond accordingly. What would you think if you went to your doctor with a physical problem and the doctor just kind of him hawed around? Oh, I'm not sure. You know he knows, but he just, oh, I'm not sure. I don't want to make you feel bad. You know, I don't want to challenge you. You leave and you think, oh, that jerk of a doctor, he didn't level with me. That's hard to accept sometimes, just to be leveled with. When Dr. Mako, years ago, I walked in, first time he'd ever saw me, checked my forehead, and these are the exact words, I think. I don't know what is wrong. You need to be operated on as soon as possible. Expect the worst. And he walked out. He leveled with me. It hit me later on, you know. This guy really thinks there's something wrong. <laughs> it's very serious. But what if he had just said, ah, oh, Dan, I'm not sure what's wrong. There is something wrong. Let's wait, a, let's wait a couple months and see what happens. And I went back to him. He says, well, I'm not sure. Let's wait a couple more months. By then, I may have been dead. Spiritually, are we willing to lovingly challenge others? Not too long ago, I was talking to a guy. He kept telling me when he came to faith in Christ. And in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, I'm not sure. And the reason I wasn't sure is because he's like these Jews. They just, or he just never got around to living by the truth, loving Jesus. And in one circumstance, I just came across, when I say hard, not unkindly, but very strong. And then it was some time later, he said to me, 
He called me pastor. Pastor, you don't think I'm a believer, do you? I can't say whether you are or not, but according to what the text of Scripture says, you don't communicate that. Jesus challenged people. The response of professing believers when you challenge their lack of walking in Scripture will show their heart. See, as you talk to someone and you say, here's what Jesus said, here's what Jesus wants you to do, and they say, oh my, I've not been walking with him. That's one thing. But if they say, hold it, I trusted Christ years ago. I know I'm saved. Don't tell me I'm not saved. Now they're in the defensive mode. Be prepared for some negative response when you challenge a religious religious person's lack of walking in Scripture, walking with Christ. Because it will show their heart. And if they respond negatively, it doesn't mean that you responded incorrectly. It may mean that they're just not responding to Jesus, to the truth. The Jews here did not respond very well. Jesus let them go, even though they were ready to stone him. You know, he hid himself, you know, and went on his way because his death wasn't time. So as we think about making disciples, here Jesus is interacting with religious people, and he did that quite often. Jesus had some very, very strong things to say to religious people. So as you think about making disciples, you will come across religious people. Ask the Spirit of God. Ask Christ for wisdom and how to respond. Don't just take someone's word of a claim of trusting in Christ or being religious if they're not walking with Christ. They're not following what Christ said. That's like the doctor telling me, or could have said the other week, when I said, well, I'm not doing too bad, he still said, I see some things in your lungs. We need to be that way with others because we love them. We care for them. Let's pray together.